even though the money is tight, the resources are limited, we have to allow room for preparing for these major off-the-book disasters that are low probability but very high consequence. 720 WGN high atop Chicago in the Skyline studio for the Preparedness Matters podcast with Vince Davis and Danielle. And Vince, today our guests are not only experts in emergency management, a lot of those people know, but also you know very well as well. Absolutely. We're really excited today to have two uh, special guests. Uh, Robert McCrate, who is really a guru in emergency management, has for the last 47 years advise federal and state governments on the spectrum of risk, weapons of mass destruction, threats, has written several books, including the Introduction uh, to Emergency Exercise Design and Evaluation. He's also served as an adjunct professor at places like Penn State, George Mason, George Washington, and Virginia Tech, where he taught graduate courses in crisis and emergency management. So, Bob, great to have you on the show this, uh, this morning. Thank you, Vince. I'm glad to be here. And then we have Curry Mayer, who's the co-author of this book, and she is the Director of Emergency Management for the City of Seattle, Washington, and an emergency management and homeland security professional with more than 25 years' experience, including in the state of California with California Office of Emergency Management, as well as in Washington, D.C. She's developed programs for all levels of government, and Curry is a a board member for the uh, Washington State 211 Network and co-chairs the advisory board for the Center of Excellence uh, for Homeland Security and Emergency Management at Pierce College. So welcome, Curry. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So folks, The Future of Emergency Management After 2020 is the book that you two have written. If you can, uh, give us a little background on how this book came about. I know you've been working on it for a couple of years, and uh, I was really glad to see it finally uh, come out in print. Well, I'll take a stab at it, and I'm sure Terry has something to say. Uh, She and I have known each other for a number of years, and we felt that there needed to be a book that looked ahead a few years and helped us get ready for the kind of crazy things that we'll face over the next six, seven, eight years which is a crazy blend of things we've known before and some surprises and uh, some things that are unexpected. Uh, when we settled on the title of New Novel and Nancy, we knew it was going to be provocative, and we hope we uh, we spoke to those three issues very clearly in our book. So expand on that for me a little bit, if you can. The, the New, the Novel, and the Nasty was kind of an intriguing topic to me, and as I read the book, of course, I got it, but tell our listeners What does that title mean to you? Well, for me, the new implies all the stuff uh, after 2021, 2022, that is uh, laden with technology and uh, great changes in the social, cultural landscape, uh, new demands, new requirements, and things of that nature. The novel is always tends to be those things that are unexpected, unanticipated. They're outside the realm of probability, but they're never impossible. It's a, like the 9-11 attacks and the Fukushima disaster. That's novel. But the nasty, I think, most of all, uh, takes into account that we too often make friends and shake hands with technology without recognizing that modernization brings with it a host of risks that we often don't account for. So I call it the devil's bargain because technology is our friend, but it also can fight us pretty bad. 
and Curry, I wanted to ask you that too. And, you know, Bob's mentioned a couple times on the technology side and a lot of emergency preparedness, especially for the general public is some of it's common sense. Some of it's just being ready. Some of it's being knowledgeable about some of the things that can happen when it comes to technology. And Bob mentioned sort of that double edged sword for it. How has that changed preparedness and how has that maybe armed or equipped emergency managers to, to be more ready and be better? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that technology has really has incredible power. It's given us a lot of tools that we haven't had in the past. We can do damage assessment with drones. We can hear from the public a lot more frequently than we had in the past. There's a lot of ways to do what we do in emergency management very quickly, including notifying the public. The scary things or the things that are troubling that I think people don't often think about is how technology can be used in a negative way. We've struggled the last year and a half with what are the sources that people listen to, how do they get information, and who do they trust. And that has a lot to do with technology. It has a lot to do with social media and how available information is. So we're always up against who are people listening to and how are they going to use the information? As you know, and as we've heard with what's happening in the Ukraine and just what's happened in this country with what people listen to about COVID, that you can get very different information in the same space and in a very short period of time. So for emergency managers trying to get information out to people about how to stay safe and what they should be doing, um, it sometimes gets lost or people don't trust government. So then they don't listen to the messages and it can have a profound impact on how the public behaves or chooses not to behave based on the information that they're listening to. Thank you, Curry. So, in the preface of the book, you, you had a statement in here, and this one kind of intrigued me, and I wanted you to talk about this a little bit. It says, one mystery that never ceases is the issue of preparing for a mega disaster that we estimate as a once-in-a-lifetime event, despite mm-hmm. evidence that will bedevil our operational agenda sooner rather than much later. Insidiously, this scenario inhabits the imagination of emergency managers, yet it often evades serious reckoning because we're swept away by the ordinary daily demands. Can you expand on that a little bit and tell me what you mean by that? Sure. I'll, I'll start out and then I would love Bob to add on to that. I think what happens probably in most professions is that we spend a lot of time on those things that immediately call our attention. And that's true in emergency management. So that's part of it. So then we miss these mega disasters. The other factor for emergency management is the mega disasters often feel overwhelming. And so those outside groups that want to participate with, that we need to participate with us in emergency management don't want to spend time on the mega disaster, feeling that it's too overwhelming, that the exercise of that scenario won't be successful. And so they're afraid of it and they shy away from it. So yes, like the COVID absolutely. disaster, right? So, Absolutely. Yeah, and in that and then in that case, uh, Bob, can you just talk a little bit about, you know, I've asked emergency managers, as I'm sure you have, did anybody see COVID coming? And, and to a fault, none of them have said to me, yeah, we all saw this coming and we all thought this is what would happen. What's your thoughts on that, Bob, as an expert in this in this field? Well, thanks, friends. I, I was involved in a lot of uh, preparations 
during the 2009-2010 period for uh, pandemic planning as, as we understood it, as we dimly, dimly understood it back then. We weren't aware of uh, the private sector issues, the supply chain issues. We weren't aware that a strategic national stockpile was not going to play a role so much as the need to characterize the disease and characterize it to such an extent that high confidence, high credibility information could be pumped out to the public on a regular basis about which there was no ambiguity, no contradiction, and, and for which people could say, well, I know exactly what to do in the middle of this crisis. There was a great deal of confusion and there were contradictory messages as well. What I think the pandemic showed us I feel is emblematic of what I call long-duration catastrophic disasters or maximum on maximum, what we call MOM, mom disasters, because we often tend to exercise and prepare people for disasters which we have made friends with, uh, disasters we've seen before, a hazmat situation maybe, uh, something Hurricanes, tornadoes, that sort yeah, of thing, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The kind of things we normally see. We don't normally exercise and tax our people to prepare for a Fukushima or to prepare for another 9-11 attack or even a combination of cascading infrastructural failure that would come from grid collapse. We just don't do that. And what I hope the pandemic has helped emergency managers grasp is that even though the money is tight, the resources are limited, we have to allow room for preparing for these major off-the-book disasters that are low probability but very high consequence. And Bob, once the once the known is kind of the known, it is sort of in that realm of possibility for more people. As a guy who interviews people on a regular basis, I would interview scientists, ask them, you know, whenever there'd be a movie like Outbreak, hey, could this ever happen? And they would say it wasn't really an if, it was a when. And so they they didn't see what we experienced necessarily coming, but they at least embraced the possibility. After 9-11, and Vince and I worked on a lot of that stuff right after in the formation of Homeland Security and all that, and one of the positives that you did see coming out of it was, and you kind of touched on it, that interagency communication, you know, that we know we have to work together for this and this, and you mentioned on emergency managers not necessarily working with the supply chain people or not necessarily working with maybe the, the scientists, and do you see maybe that be one of the positives coming out of this is that there will be a lot more communication knowing that even if it was clumsily, everybody had to sort of coordinate at some point for the pandemic. Well, I would agree. I think the pandemic uh, provides uh, a rich opportunity to derive lessons for emergency management, handling uh, major national disasters with national impact in a better way. Uh, I think we've learned how valuable the private sector is in this enterprise. And I think we've learned that, uh, uh, that we have to be able to use all of the switches on the dashboard smartly and quickly and in concert to get ahead of the problem. So, Curry, uh, you and I met some years ago in Seattle when I was the emergency manager for uh, Amazon. And, and at that time, we came together on a common theme of uh, personal and familiar resilience and, and personal and family resilience. Those are issues that are very important to me. And as the director of emergency management for the city like Seattle, I'm sure they are also important to you. Absolutely. What what kinds of things in the book do you talk about that you've learned or that are lessons for uh, going forward 
that give us some sort of roadmap for what we need to do differently in the realm of personal and, and community preparedness? Okay, I'm so glad you asked that question. And um, yes, you and I had many conversations that people having a backpack full of supplies has never proven to save anybody. So I think the preparedness message for individuals and families and community members is also something that you and I have spent talking about. And that is that you can't expect people to spend time on or think about preparedness if they're worried about day-to-day challenges and day-to-day struggles. So I really like to think of preparedness as building community resilience. So spending time with those in your community and the various groups and neighborhoods and organizations that make up your community, especially if you're in a big city because there's many with different needs, What are the challenges that they face every day? What are the things that they are spending time on? And then being able to marry that, if you will, or integrate that with what are the skills we need just to be a stronger community? Because when your communities are strong and they have a culture and a practice of helping each other, they'll be better in disasters. Um, emergency management is a great profession that needs a new marketing plan and a new name because people still struggle with what is that and what do you do? So focusing on how do we make communities stronger all the time is what I think the preparedness message should look like. And you guys mentioned, you know, some of the events that happened since writing the book and adding extra content to do it. And, and obviously it's a, you know, it's the career and it's the passion for it. Just a little insight for, for listeners that are hearing this and, you know, and some of the things that you guys do and Vince does that happens, it's sort of a mystery to the average mm-hmm. and regular person. Do you guys have conversations when you see something, you know, like the things that are happening in Ukraine right now? You know, certainly there are disasters. Those are huge disasters. And, and there's, I guess, a level of preparedness that could, take place do you guys talk amongst yourselves and say well here's here's what they should do or here's what should have been in place not to say that there's really answers for that kind of destruction but do you guys have those conversations where you contemplate maybe current events like this or maybe even something crazy like you know a meteor you know flies in and lands do you guys ever sort of game plan that stuff well uh, i know that during certain big disasters and i'll use fukushima as an example that generated a lot of discussion among people about the seismic vulnerability of our own nuclear plants. The whole question of a set of natural disasters that is a, a quake and a tsunami completely knocking a nuclear power plant offline and then generating a, a very lethal radiation leak. Experts will look at that, they'll scratch their heads, so they'll be talking to each other very quickly saying, gee, I wonder if... Uh, if this is being done, or I wonder if people thought about that. But these kinds of issues also raise a, a dozen questions of things we never anticipated before, and and that would have to do with the fact that so many emergencies that come along contain this mixture of things we've seen before and things that are very unexpected. Is that what you mean in the chapter of the book that's entitled uh, Wrestling with Black Swans, Gray Rhinos, and Pink Flamingos? Exactly, exactly, Vince. That's what we meant. Because I think the thing about it is most people know what a black swan is, and they know Michelle Walker's book about gray rhinos is is the idea 
something we should have seen coming. You know, the bridge collapse, the Interstate 35, Category 5 storms like Katrina, we should have seen Fukushima coming. But the pink flamingo is the thing that scares me the most is, is the uncritical acceptance of infinite capacity for water or energy to think that things are bottomless and unlimited when they aren't. The future of emergency management after 2020. We're talking with Bob McGrade and Curry Mayer, the authors of this book. We are very happy to have you on here. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that all of uh, the colleagues, of course, in emergency management go out and get this book. It's got some, some really great insights and information in it. A lot of research was done. A lot of folks were, were consulted and interviewed for the book. Curry and, and Bob, if you could leave us with a few truths. One of the things that I read in here that was lastly sort of intriguing to me is the issue of not only preparing for a mega disaster, but reckoning with known and unknown emergency scenarios. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about public-private partnerships, how to stop mm-hmm. looking at corporations and, and businesses as, as the big check that just comes in and and gives money, but more more as partners. Can you speak a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I'll start out. I think the important thing to think about with corporations is that they're really made up of people, people that need to understand how to be prepared on their own and then how that translates into what they do in their work environment. So starting from the people perspective, also people with different expertise than we have in the public sector. And then in order for us to be truly resilient, just like when we talk about different communities with different perspectives and different needs, the same with the public-private partnerships, that we're doing this really as partners and that the expertise that each side brings is really important and that we're not resilient and we're not successful in emergency management if we're not bringing those people together and talking about how do we do this together. And I think my favorite part of the book, Bob and uh, Curry, is in the epilogue. It says here, we grasp that this pandemic has introduced a new normal, challenging assumptions about restoring the past. We must redefine what we mean by recovery in a comprehensive sense. We've learned that uncertain, uninformed, and unwise leadership in its own form of a disaster. We discern that despite successive disasters, we're often ignorant of our persistent vulnerability. We understand that public health emergencies can threaten our privacy and erode freedom of choice. We realize that the pandemic has magnified the steady decline of public confidence in government. Bob, you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, thank you, Vince. Yeah, what Curry and I tried to do is is not restate the obvious, but, but draw attention to the things that I think we should focus on in the next couple of years. There'll be things coming into the emergency manager's inbox that they're well aware of, that they've seen before, and they can anticipate. But we're stressing things like what we call anticipatory risk management to have a broader view of the kinds of bad things that can happen, to be considering a more upfront the question of recovery versus response. Uh, so often we have exercised response, but we still miss a lot of the key pieces involved in recovery. This is why drawing the private sector in uh, to exercises where you have a a controlled environment, people can speak frankly, uh, we can begin to probe what the issues are and the assumptions that we bring with us about what is possible. And along with that is the question that really hasn't been tapped very well, and that is 
people have assumptions about what the National Guard can do. They have assumptions about how resilience can be created with new technology. All of those assumptions, however valid they may be, have to be tested and probed, and in many cases stressed, to see whether or not they hold up under extreme conditions. Because that's why I keep coming back to the long-duration catastrophic disaster. People can handle uh, duration, but they can't handle something that goes on forever. Okay. The book is The Future of Emergency Management After 2020, The New, The Novel, and The Nasty. The authors are Bob McCrate and Curry Mayer. Guys, where can people get more information on the book, get the book, maybe catch up with you guys, and stay connected? Well, it's available from Vernon Press. It's also on Amazon, so you can get it either of those ways. I am in the city of Seattle and happy to connect with people anytime. If you go to the Seattle website, my email and phone is there. Always interested to talk with people who are interested in the field or just have questions about preparedness. And Bob, for you, how can folks get a hold of you and, uh, and tap into your, your knowledge and expertise in this area as well? Well, it's easy to find me if you happen to get the book. I think it has some contact information for me, but, uh, People should feel free to, uh, to use my, my general published email, which is remc48gmail.com, if they want to pursue this further. Thank you uh, so much, Curry and Bob. Again, respected colleagues, great book, highly recommended for, for anybody who's in or outside of emergency management who wants to gain further insights into the, the current situation and the future. Uh, as it relates to emergencies and disasters. So thank you so much for being on today. Thank Thanks you for having us. Much. Really thank appreciate it. Preparedness Matters is sponsored by In Case of Crisis 365, your solution to managing the dramatic rise in business disruptions. Take the crisis out of crisis management.